episode of Mrs. Motivation with me, your host, Chrissy Clemente. Today I have with me the social girl traveler. I'm so excited to have you on here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about yourself. So social girl traveler, I travel. So I call myself an impact travel blogger and I've been traveling the world with clean water filters, bringing them to third world countries. I've been to 43 countries across six continents um, I started this three years ago, February of 2015, I left and it's been a long journey. When I first started, I, I remember thinking like, I just want to see if this actually works. Like if people that I follow on Instagram and read their blog, like if they can really do this. And then when I started doing it, I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> it actually works. Um, so yeah, and I've been doing this for three years and I mean, it, there's more meat and core to what I do. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, I'm, I'm a travel blogger, but I call myself an impact travel blogger because I travel for impact and purpose. So I only work with socially conscious, sustainable, or eco-conscious brands. So a big part of what we do here on this podcast is talk about people who have taken a second chance on themselves to pursue their dreams. So how do you identify as a second chance dreamer? And tell me a little bit more about what you used to do before you were the social girl traveler. That's such a good question. So I graduated with a bachelor's in marketing, and then I went off to do a master's in social entrepreneurship. Right after I graduated from grad school, uh, I went to grad school in London, and I was there for about a year. I did my thesis in Brazil. So I lived in Brazil for about three months, then went back to London, graduated, and I tried to get a job in the social sector, right? So think of like the Tom's business model, like the social enterprise type of business. And in 2013, was it? Yeah, 2013 when I graduated, those businesses didn't really exist as much as they do now in the United States. So um, I got back and I had to pay student loans and I had to put on my big girl pants. <laughs> and the job offers that I was getting could not pay rent, could not pay student loans. So I was like, all right, I need to go back to what I know. And what I had previous work in was in mar- with marketing agencies. I had worked on the marketing side, like managing accounts, like account manager, executive account manager and all that stuff. So when I got back to New York, I got hired as an account manager and I was with a company for a little bit over two years, almost three years. And it was the nine to five, but I never really got off at five. I usually got off at like nine. So it was like nine to nine. It was like nonstop working, the same thing every single day. And I just kind of got to a place where I had realized like, this couldn't be it like this there's no way that this is it I was also like freelancing doing like social media management and like starting my own side hustle so I was literally working like 80 hours a week from the outside I was killing it I was making really good money I was like living off wall street my own little like hole in the wall apartment that I paid a shit ton of money for that was not like was nothing out of this world um 
But like it looked good, right? And on the inside, I was just like dying. I couldn't take it anymore. I just was like, what I do doesn't matter. And I had this thing where like there was no way that my parents had me and this is what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. Like just work in a corporate setting, maybe work my way up and like become a manager or a vice president and then maybe own my own company. And I'm just like, that seems so easy. And I'm sure it's not (laughs) by no means. I'm sure I'm 100% positive that it is not. But I wanted to do something different. And I've always loved to travel. And I loved the social side of my master's and what I had done and stuff like that. So I left my job in February of 2015. Before that, eight months before that, I like set up a plan and I moved back home, sold everything and anything I'd ever used anymore. I even got rid of my car. I saved up a lot of money, paid off. I had like an outstanding credit card of like $8,000 or something and I paid it off in like three months and then just started saving from there and I left with $14,000 and that lasted me for quite some time. That lasted me for 13 months because I continued to work while I was traveling. But yeah, that was like a little bit of my background. I find it interesting that you made yourself a game plan and you decided to save for eight months because I think a lot of people think like, I just want to leave now yeah. and they don't really plan to leave. It was actually one of the things that, that you hear the most when, like when you tell people, I really want to do this, but I'm stuck doing this. They're like, okay, we'll build it little by little and eventually you'll be able to leave. And you hate hearing that because all you really want to do is leave. You yes. don't want to plan for, you don't want to plan for the leaving. You just want to do the leaving yes. part. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm thinking to myself, what was your final straw at your job where you're like, that's it. I'm taking the next eight months. I'm saving everything and I'm moving on from here. Like what made you decide like to get really serious about that plan? You know, it's, it's, you're so right. I think that everybody that always asks me, they're like, yeah, but like how, like, how did you actually like pull the guts together to like say, all right, this is what's going to happen. So this is, it goes a little deeper than that, right? So, you know, I was in a bad place, but it wasn't just that. Like, because everybody has those those moments where they're like, my job sucks, I'm not in a good relationship, I'm not in a good place, I don't feel good about myself. Whatever the case is, everybody gets to that certain point. But there has to be like a match underneath that, like something bigger and greater than that. What happened was prior to this life that I had lived, when my senior year of college, I had a younger brother and he passed away. And he passed away very sudden, very tragic, out of nowhere, literally from one day to the next and my entire life changed everything for me changed he was my best friend he was a year younger than me so you know I had spoken to him the night that he died and I really began to look at life really different so for me it wasn't a nine to five and that was it it was deeper than that it was like I gotta put on I gotta get out of bed I gotta put on my shoes I get dressed I gotta brush my teeth I gotta comb my hair I gotta put on makeup I got to stand in front of people I don't like to talk to. I actually stayed at my job as long as I did because I had an amazing boss that I'm still friends with today. I love him to death and he taught me so much. I stayed as long as I did because of that man and I was battling depression, anxiety on levels. You know, I was drinking for self-sabotage, not because I needed it and I was just in a really, really bad place. At that point in my life, my brother had had been gone for five years and I was still like dealing with grief and PTSD from how he went and all that stuff and I found myself just like I would have a really good high and then a really shitty low and the lows were getting lower and lower and lower and my last low was like on a night out I remember looking I remember this night and it was in August 
and I remember looking at myself. It was a Tuesday. I remember looking at myself in the mirror. Like, who, who is this woman? You know, I don't, I don't recognize her. And I remember feeling such like guilt because my brother died of an accident. He didn't have a choice. He was taken from here. Whereas like, I have a choice and this is my life and I'm choosing to live it like this because, you know, I truly believe that we are in charge of our lives. Yes, there are certain factors that you can't control, like death and sicknesses and things like that. But for 90% of your life, you're in charge of it. And it's about taking charge of what you want to do next and how you want to do it, etc. So for me, it was it was deeper than just like, oh, it was a nine to five. Like, dude, I refuse to live any day of my life where I'm not happy. What happened to me, I never wish upon anybody, ever. My worst enemy, anything like that. Just because it was a terrible thing. But it taught me so much that like I don't take my time on this earth for granted. I don't take time in general for granted. And I think that's such a that was a hundred percent the catalyst to me saying, fuck it, balls to the walls, I'm leaving. And like in hindsight, looking back, like fourteen thousand dollars is nothing. Fourteen dollars is peanuts. Yeah. How that lasted for thirteen months, I remember when I it was an article that got published in Forbes for it. And I remember when they were interviewing me for it. I remember thinking to myself, like, how the fuck did you do that, Jennifer? And I remember, like, those those nights that, like, I couldn't afford to, like, go have dinner. So I had, like, ramen noodles in, like, Thailand or, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was right. literally struggling. But I was, like, hustling and I was emailing clients to get people to do – because I – essentially what happened was I worked while I, while I traveled. And I had a lot of social media clients. And that's what definitely helped me. Um, so I did social media management as I traveled and stuff like that while I was blogging and trying to build my brand and all that stuff. And looking back, like I probably could have done with more waiting and like more planning and saving more money and all that stuff, but I really wanted to get out. I was in such a shitty place and I was like, it's gotta be, wherever I'm going, it's gotta be better than where I am right now because I'm not going anywhere right now. Like right now, my hole is just getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And the minute I said to myself, you're leaving in eight months, like I literally wrote on a piece of paper. I said by January 22nd, I'll never forget that day. January 22nd, I'm putting in my two weeks. And then by February 22nd, I'm leaving. Sure enough, that's exactly what I did. I bought a ticket on the 26th of January, put my two weeks on the 22nd, bought a one-way to Europe on the 26th of January, and left on the 22nd. And I remember when I quit my job, I was crying, (laughs) hysterical. I was, like, in tears. Like, my boss was, like, I told him at the end of the day, and he was, like, why are you crying? And I was, like, "Um." you know when you cry? And it's just, like, (laughs) I was, like, I just I feel so guilty and he's like why and he's like he's like I knew it he's like I knew something was up like what's going on did you get a new job and I was like no and he's like well, where are you going and then I told him and he was like wow he's like I'm so proud of you and he's like you know whatever it is that you're gonna do you're gonna figure out and it's gonna work and I was like thank you and like I hadn't even told my family yet so I went home that night and I remember like looking at myself in the mirror and for five minutes like girl I let it out and I have this rule where I call it like the the bathroom saw. Like when I feel like women, when stuff happens to us, we go straight to the bathroom. We're like the foot of our bed and we just like sob. Like we just let it out. And we need to do that. I feel like we hold so much. So I give myself like the sobbing bathroom moment. For me, I think it was like around like five to 10 minutes, like straight up. Like I locked the door and I was just like, (gasps) what did I do? Like, I'm not going to get a salary anymore. Oh my God. Like no more facials. (laughs) What am I going to do? Like I need to start cutting back from my, like just like all all the things I already knew I was going to do, but it, it, it was real. Like it was a hundred percent real at that point. And 
after that 10 minutes, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I remember seeing the girl that I saw in August in that mirror. And I just had the biggest smile on my face. I get goosebumps when I say this because this is my, my why, right? My biggest why is like to change the world. And I remember looking in the mirror and saying, I'm going to change the world. Like I'm going to do something freaking amazing, you know? And that was it. That was like for me, like the, okay. I wiped my face. I took a shower. The next day I told my family. And then it was just like my mom and my dad. And everyone was like, are you okay? What's going on? <laughs> like, do you need to see a therapist? And I was seeing a therapist. She thought it was a wonderful idea. She was like, go, you need this. You'll be fine. And I was like, you think so? She's like, uh, yes. <laughs> I was like, she wasn't a Cuban woman though. <laughs> no, she wasn't a Cuban woman. No, she, she was not a Cuban woman. No. So uh, I made a joke that she wasn't a Cuban woman because I found out that Jen and I are both Cuban <laughs> and my reaction that I would get from my parents would be like, Tuta loca! Yeah, that's, like, that's exactly what it was. So crazy. So how did your parents react to you leaving your stable job and be like, I'm going to change my dreams and change the world? Imagine, well, okay, so both my parents, Cuban immigrants, you know, they've been married, they've been together for 38 years. They're still together and their marriage is stronger than ever after my brother passed away. And they went through their ups and downs. And I said to my mom first, and my mom was like, I remember she picked me up from like work on the bus stop and it was raining. And like we pull up to the house and I was like literally shaking. And she's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, mom, I have to tell you something. And she's like, what's going on? And I was like, mom, I quit my job. And she's like, well, you said you weren't happy. Okay. So like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to, I'm leaving next month. And she's like, where are you going? I was like, you're up. And she's like, oh, okay, for how long? And then she just, <laughs> she was driving and like, if you can like video this, she literally like turned her head slow. It was like at a movie and she was like, for how long? <laughs> and like she knew, she mothers were just like, I don't know how they do it. I think it's like the minute they give birth, it's just like a godsend like magic present. They just get like these like skills to like know everything they literally know everything so i i didn't even get to finish my sentence i was just like in tears and she's like why are you doing this and i was like i i need to go like i'm not in a good place like i need to leave i really want to do this i had an idea of who i wanted to become i didn't know how i was going to get there i didn't know how that was going to happen the how didn't exist in my head i just had like a vision of an end goal i I, mean, I think this is super important because now that I've been in this for so long, it's almost like losing the pleasure of like what it was when I first started. I didn't actually know how I was going to make this work. And that's the whole bottom truth. I taught myself and I just had this vision of this woman that I wanted to be. And I still have that vision of that woman and who I want to become. Um, but there were like goals, like milestones that I wanted to accomplish. And I remember, so I told my mom and she was just like looking at me and she's like, we have to tell your father. And I was like, well, duh, I'm going to tell dad. And she's like, did you already quit your job? And I was like, yes, I put in my two weeks. I bought a ticket. I leave Friday or it was like a Saturday or Sunday, February 22nd. Um, you know, and I'm doing this. I need to do this for myself. And I was like, there's a couple of things I want to do. I wanted to do the, um, Camino of Santiago. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's a pilgrimage walk. It's from the South of France to the North of Spain and it's 500 miles. It's about a month long. I didn't do the whole month. I did half. So I did 300 miles from Leon Spain all the way to Santiago because it's like the end it's used to be this big religious pilgrimage now it's still a religious pilgrimage but people do it for various reasons and when I had lived in Spain when I was studying abroad the family that I was living with one of their cousins had done it and he had told me about this amazing experience 
And I remember thinking to myself, like, I need something like this. Like, I need to just get away from people and, like, society and just, like, be alone and figure it out for myself. Because I'm very much a nurturer. Like, I'm definitely, like, I take care of people. And so, told my mom, she was just, like, in complete shock. And then when I told my dad, he started laughing. He thought I was joking. Um, until he, like, actually saw the ticket. And he was, like, he's, like, well, I'm not giving you any money. And I said, well, no, I don't want your money. I was, like, do I have money? I was, like, that's not why I'm telling you. I'm telling you because... I want to know that if I call because I miss you guys or I'm having a shitty day or I'm whatever, that you're going to pick up one and two, you're going to send me your blessing, you know? My mom was definitely like the first to accept it. And then my dad right after, like very easy. But the last conversation I had with my dad, like literally days before I had left, um, I said to him, I was like, look, dad, I've got two degrees. I speak three languages. You have taught me from a father to a daughter, like you have taught me, I know more things than most men. Like I know how to change a tire. (laughs) Like I can do a lot. And I was like, I'm probably more manlier than most of the men that I date. And he was like cracking up. And I was like, so I can take care of myself. Like I'm not, and he's like, no, I'm not worried about that. And he's just like, you know, you're just young and you, your career, you were in such a good place and this and that. And I said, yeah. And guess what? I guess I feel like that only means that if this doesn't work, I can always go back to that. I'm like, I don't really care what people say. I don't really care what people are going to think. Like, who cares? It's not their life. They're not, they don't have a say in what makes me happy. And he just, I remember his face like it was yesterday. He just like sat on the couch and he just looked at me and he's like, he's like, this is what you want to do. And he's like, okay. And I was like sobbing. And I said to him, I said to him, I wanted to change the world. I said, I don't, this is like something that like, it's in my stomach. Like I need to do something bigger than me. And he got up, he smiled, and he tapped me on the head. And he's like, you know, this was all in Spanish, but he was just like, you know, that's very sweet, but you have to remember you have to eat. Like, you need you need money, you have to make money, whatever. And I was like, yeah, I know, I know. That's not the point. Like, I just, this is just something that, like, I can't get out of my head. I don't know why I keep saying this to myself. And he was like, all right. And that was it. Um, and then I told my sister, and she was, like, in complete and utter shock. And she was like, no, you can't do that. Like, that's crazy. Like, who does that, who like just drops everything at 25 to go travel the world. But yeah, I mean, I left. They gave me hugs and kisses the day before I left and and that was it. And I, I mean, it's been three years now and throughout this entire journey, like they have been my number one team, like my number one cheerleaders and supporters. They might not understand 100% every single thing that I do, but for the most part, they finally see it, right? When I got, I got asked to be on Telemundo for, you know, the water filters and like, you know, what I was actually doing that I was like actually like helping people and changing the world um and my dad said to me like when I when they came to the house to interview me he was like you're doing it and he's like this is what you said to me this is what you said you wanted to do he's like you're you're doing it and I remember like looking at him and like crying and be like wait you're right I was like like for a second I was like oh my god like I really am and it was such a moment of like worthiness I don't know if that makes sense like it was like wow I it is possible you know like Nobody's going to love your dreams as much as you are. A hundred percent. And that's something that he said to me. He's like, if it's something you feel like you have to do, he's like, like, if you don't leave tomorrow and you're going to hate yourself forever, he's like, go. He's like, go. He was no commitments. He's like, you're going to marry, you don't have kids, you don't have a house. He's like, go. You're never going to do this again. And he's like, and if it doesn't work, then you come back. And I was like, exactly. Honestly, the worst thing that's going to happen is that I'm going to spend $14,000 on a year of amazing experiences. They were they weren't that bad. They were like, go see a therapist, and I did. I went to go see a therapist. I went to go see my therapist, and I walked into the session, and she was like, get out. She's like, I I help people. 
that need my help. She's like, you don't need my help. She's like, your mom told me what you're doing. She's like, I think it's wonderful. Don't tell her I said that. She's like, go. <laughs> Don't tell her I don't said tell her that. I said that. And I was like cracking. I think up. it's wonderful, but don't tell her I said it. <laughs> tell her I agree with her. <laughs> yep. That is so funny. Yep. So one thing that I know I'm big into, and before we hit record, we were talking about mindset. Yeah. You were looking at my crystals. Yeah. I use them for manifesting things. And I'm big into whatever you want, you can call to you as long as you put in, you know, justifiable action towards that goal. So that being said, how did you find yourself on Telemundo or featured in HuffPost or in Forbes? Like, how do you find yourself being plugged into these outlets and getting this media coverage? Yeah, I love that you said that because it's you can manifest all you want, but there's a certain amount of like action you actually have to do, right? I anybody that follows me would know that I pride myself on my network 100%, and I'm big on that. I don't think that I think I believe that your network is your net worth, um, and I've been fortunate enough to work in the marketing industry prior to this life, so I know how essentially it works, like the back end, the budgets, etc. And I have a lot of connections. And I'm very like persistent. Like I don't hear no. I've gotten lots of no's. Oh my God. I've gotten lots and lots and lots of no's. Uh, But to me, it's just like, okay, well, something has to change. I have to go through another way. So maybe it's connections or maybe it's a backdoor or something, you know, but I don't hear no. And I've always, always, always been like that. My first job that I got, it was through family friends and they had they asked me to come on. I wanted like a set salary and they said no. And in the contract, I said, well, if in three months I give you X, then I get this after three months. And sure enough, that's how it worked. Um, but I never heard like to me, no doesn't exist. Right. Um, so Forbes was, um, a friend of mine, Oh, an old boss. She knew someone who wrote for Forbes and she was like, she introduced me. That was that. Telemundo was through friends um, of like the industry. I was at a party in Miami. I was a networking event in Miami. Um, and somebody introduced me to someone who was a producer for Telemundo. And we started talking. And he was like, oh, I do this segment for this segment. He's like, um, actually, I'm going to put you with Un Nuevo Dia, which is like the Good Morning America of the Hispanic channel in New York City. I think you'd be perfect. They're looking currently looking for something like within your realm. And I was like, amazing. So that was that. And it was just literally right place at the right time, right? And I've written all these goals down, right? Like I want to do a TED Talk. I want to be on CNN. I'm sure I'll get it. Like it's, it's already, it's in the process, right? Because I've already applied. Like it's it's in the works. I've put in the work. Um, the Huffington Post, and I told you this, and I love this story because it's like, it shows true to like your work ethic, right? Like don't take no for an answer. Just, you've got nothing to lose. The worst thing somebody's going to say is no. All right, go through a back door, go through a window. Like figure out how you can work around that or how you can learn from that to make it better so that it's not a no and it's a yes. The way it works with Huffington Post is you apply through their like automated system and it has to be a thousand words or less. And the title of the article has to be very like SEO friendly, like super catchy. And the first article that I wrote for Huffington Post was how traveling the world helped me grieve my brother's death. Um, And I had been writing this article probably for a year. It was like super hard for me. And it was at a hundred, it was at a thousand one hundred words and I couldn't delete any more words. 
And I literally, I sub for a week straight, I kept submitting it because the rule of thumb is if you don't hear from them within 48 hours, the article didn't get published. Um, and I've submitted to several publications. Like I've been published in Thrive and Thought Global and all these other major publications. And within 24 hours, I get accepted. So I knew that Huffington Post, I'm like, it just, the, the bot was just deleting it because it was over the count limit. And I was out with a girlfriend for drinks in Australia. I was living in Australia. And she said to me, she's like, well, Jen, you're the kind of girl that just like goes for it. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I mean, she's like, keep trying. Like eventually they'll accept you. And I don't, she, she wasn't even talking about anything, but something inside of me like just triggered. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to email. I'm going to go straight to the source. I'm going to email Ariana Huffington. <laughs> and this is when she was the editor in chief of the Huffington Post. And so I Googled her email. Of course it came up. And I was like, solid. And so I wrote her a very quick email and I was straight to the point. I was like, look, this article means the world to me. Just read the first paragraph. If you think it's shit, never answer me again. If you think it's great, please publish it because it deserves to be published. I truly think it's a good piece. Thank you. Have a great day. And I literally said, I know you're a busy woman. This will take a minute of your time. And I made sure that the email was like less than a minute. Sent it. Three weeks later, I kid you not, I was on my way to move to South America. I mean, to, yeah, to Central America. I was moving to Costa Rica. So I was in New York at a layover, um, staying at a hotel three weeks later. And I woke up in my hotel room and I picked up my cell phone. And, I, you know, you wake up in the morning reading emails. <laughs> sure enough, I had an email from Ariana Huffington herself. And she was like, this was an amazing article. Thank you. We'd love to have you as a you know, contributor for the Huffington Post. I'm going to connect you to so-and-so to get you access into the portal. And that was because it's like a portal that you write through. And that was it. And then that article was published. And that was a year after I had left. Literally a year, a year and three months after I had left. And that just like took my business and brand to the next level. Because then I had so much credibility. And then I was still, I was writing for them and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't, don't give up. Don't take no for an answer. It's funny that you said the worst thing that anyone could say is no. My dad always said that to me. Yeah. And he still tells me I'm the most persistent, stubborn person in the world. And he regrets telling me that. <laughs> but no, really, he always said to me, like, the worst thing anyone can say is no. And that one line has gotten me so many opportunities just because I don't ever stop asking. Yeah. I don't. And I think that that's a big thing that stops a lot of people is yeah. that they'll email someone and then they'll get their hopes shot down because... Yeah. That's how it happens in the real world. Not yeah. everyone's going to say yes to you. In fact, more people are going to say no to you. Yeah. But if you're persistent and you keep going, they're going to be like, it's okay, really, fine. Really, right? Yes. Really, yeah. Yeah. Like, don't, don't give up. No. Keep going. Don't take no for an answer. You have to. And I think that that is definitely one of the ways to get exactly what you want out of life. Because if you give up every time someone says no to you, yeah. you're not going to get very far. And you're not going to feel very good about yourself either. Honestly, the, the biggest regret for me would be looking back at my life when I'm old and thinking to myself, like, fuck, I should have done that. Or like, oh, man, I gave up too soon. I don't ever want to think that. Yeah. Like, that to me, like, hurts. Like, you, you're, the fact that you even, uh, there's like one in a million chances that you could have been born like a pig or like a cockroach. <laughs> like, you were born a human being, yeah. right? And you have the mind capacity to, you know, eat, think, breathe. And you're not taking full advantage of what it is that you want to do in your dreams because you're scared. Scared of what, you know? 
people are going to say whatever they're going to say, regardless of your success or not. I've had my success and failures up and down and I could care less. It's all part of the, the life. It's how it goes. And every time I've heard a no, every time I've had a failure, it's just like, you know what? I got to do it again. I got to do it this way. I got to do it differently. I'm not going to sit on my failures and be upset about it. I have clients that are like, well, what if they say no to me? Or like, what if it doesn't work out? And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And you deal with it, you know? You, you get it done, you show up, and if it's not to the potential that you thought it was going to be, you fix it for the next time. Right. There's no, like, I think there's, like, this block that people have around fear. Like, if something is, like, super wrong or, like, somebody says no, like, it's, like, end all or say all. And it's, like, no, like, you can change it. You can fix it. You can do right. something different, you know? So when you were saying that, this thought just came into my mind and – I normally think about these things when I'm interviewing people for the show, Mm -hmm. but you decided to leave your job in marketing for a job that didn't really exist. Yeah. And not even just a job that didn't exist because you hadn't created it, but a market that really hadn't existed Mm -hmm. and that you were kind of creating in yourself. Mm -hmm. So talking about fear, you know, I think it's very interesting that you don't see, I'm, I'm sure you see fear, but you don't see fear in the way that it would be like, oh my God, I can't do this because it doesn't exist. Yeah. Like you said that you saw a future for yourself, but you didn't see the how or yeah. like how you were going to get there, like the yeah. clear path, but you just jumped for it anyway. So what are some of your other like life mottos or things that you tell yourself to push past fear that maybe someone else could benefit from? I number one thing I say is don't think about it too much. <laughs> and I, I'm laughing really hard right now because I actually, yet last night I signed up for the New York City half marathon. And I have never ran a half marathon in my life. The most I ever ran is like seven miles, eight miles. Yeah, I'm like super excited and I'm also like shitting myself because I'm like, how am I really going to do this? Uh, but yes, I am because I've done, I've lived through worse shit. So it's all right, I'll get over it. And that's just kind of, when that when I start hearing that voice, like when I start getting really nervous, like last night, so filling out the application, I was about to like because the way it works, I don't know if you know if like you fill out an application and it's like through a lottery, yeah. you basically find out if you get accepted to run the race mm-hmm. um, a few weeks later. So they let us know November twenty eighth, mm-hmm. and if you accept, you're in, and then you start training. You need three months to train. You train on your own, whatever. It's thirteen miles. That's what half a marathon is. I know, crazy. And I was about to press accept, and I'm like, that voice was like, well, what if, like, you're traveling, and what if an opportunity comes up, and, like, and then it's, like, right before your birthday, and you're going to be 30, so, like, you want to party, and, like, you won't be able to drink that. Like, all these objections were coming up, and I, like, stopped, breathed. Like, I've, I've gotten to really learn a lot about myself traveling alone. <laughs> I, I breathed, and I was like, you're going to be fine. You've lived through worse shit. Done. And I've like accepted. And I literally was like went for breakfast this morning with one of my best friends. And I told him and he like <laughs> dropped his food out of his mouth. He was like, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's like a half marathon. He's like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to actually do it. Cause like you have to get accepted. And he's like, I'm sure you'll get accepted. And I was like, I was like, well, if I accept it, I'm doing it. He's like, why? And I was like, well, why not? Like, you know, I was like, I, I like to run and I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, I want to see what it feels like to push myself that far. And he's like, you didn't, you know, it's painful, right? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, I'm like, I just don't think about it too much. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like definitely one of the, the biggest things that I say. Just don't, if it's, 
if it's something that you are like eat breathing sleeping like you can't get it out of your head like when I wanted to leave to travel you and the I had so many obstacles that came in like I had met somebody I had an offer like a promotion I had a job offer in Denver for a better pay like all these things came up that I could have taken instead of doing what I'm doing today and I was so fixated on that goal Mm -hmm. that I was like honestly I never, ever, ever, ever want to look back and be like, well, maybe that could have been like this, or maybe that would have been me. I don't ever want to do that. So for me, the biggest thing is that is thinking to myself, like, is this going to make me feel so much regret that I'm going to hate myself in a few months or years? And if that's the case, then fuck it. I'm going to do it. If I feel it, I feel it. I didn't really know the how of how to, how I've done what I've done. And it's true. Like we, the industry that I jumped into is still fairly new. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly in my favor because I can create anything I want and it's up to whatever my little heart desires to whatever extent of my limitation, you know? Um, And it's just, why not? You know, like there's got to be more to life. That was my thing. Like this just can't be it. There has to be more. So then how would you define success? Because it's clearly like not a monetary thing for you. How would you define success and happiness? Yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't say mon- monetary isn't part of success. I do think that, that money is, I mean, you have to, you have to eat. And you need money to eat. And that's like huge, right? You can't, you can't live without food. Um, so I, when I first started, it was just like budgeting and like really, you know, focusing on that in terms of like monetary aspects. Um, I've definitely made a living out of it. And eventually the more, as I keep going, it's just growing and growing and growing. But success to me is having the freedom and the happiness to like really enjoy life and do whatever it is that I really want to do and serve. I consider myself a spiritual person. I believe in in God and the universe. And I I do believe everything happens for a reason. Uh, and I believe that we are all here to help one another to some way, shape or form or capacity, whether that's like a mental help, like, you know, sending somebody like good energy or just listening to people or just, just being there. However that looks for you is up to you. There's no judgment. And I truly, truly like, there's something that just like lights me up when I'm in another country and I'm like with people and I'm doing stuff that like truly deeply matters to me. So that, that for me is success, is just having the freedom and the happiness to like feel alive and feel good about what I do, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm waking up every single day and it's however I want it to look, mm-hmm. whenever I want it to look, you know? There's days that I wake up and I'm shitty and I'm just like, I just want to stay in bed. And I can. Yes, is that damaging my business because I'm an entrepreneur and I work for myself? Absolutely. That's where discipline and that's where mindset steps in. And it's like, all right, Jen, well, how many of these days are are you going to have? You know, if there's seven in a row, then, you know, there's something wrong. And I need to have an internal conversation. If it's one in three months, cool, relax. You can, you can use a day off, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But success to me is spending time with the people I love and, and really just enjoying time with, with people I love and being happy about it. So since you've left your marketing job and started your brand, you've had a lot of success creating it and working with different companies. Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear a little bit more about your travel and how you impact the world for the better through your business. So like I said, call myself an impact travel blogger. So I carry clean water filters and bring them to third world countries. 
I work with major brands to create content. In these third world countries or in these countries that I visit, I usually work with like NGOs or social enterprises. The majority of the brands that I work with, like the ones that quote unquote pay me, are like the the like for-profit or like social enterprises type of that. And then I work with NGOs on the ground because they've allowed me to like scale what I do on the next level. What was happening when I was starting to travel was that I was like staying in places for a long time, which is good because it was like more sustainable. It didn't have me moving so much because the more you move, the more money you spend. I mean, like be in one place and I was becoming like a temporary like tourist. Like I was staying for like three weeks a month and I was really getting to see the social issues where I can help, etc. I started with water filters because I was volunteering in May of 2015 in Dominican Republic and I saw it was in an orphanage and I saw the lack of it at the orphanage. And I like remember thinking like, dude, it's 2015. Like, I mean, I'm no way she performs it like I grew up in like this like ritzy ditzy like my upbringing was very normal you know I knew that like people were poor I've seen people like etc but I'd never seen to what extent like the lack of water is and at that point in my life I had traveled to certain countries but I hadn't seen it so close and when I saw that I was like there's something has to be done you know like this can't be um so yeah that's essentially where it started and each filters for 100 people for up to five years Um, I've implemented them in eight countries, in eight countries. Yeah. So I've bought over it. The estimated count is 13,600. So it's about 136 filters around the world. And I got to a point in my business this year where I was like, when I first started becoming a travel blogger, in order for me to get my foot in the door, I did a lot of like, I'll did like, I did like a regular like trip to like let's say Fort Lauderdale and I did like what do you do what do you, where to travel to as a solo traveler I worked with the tourism board and that was a great experience and then the next trip I was in Guatemala building homes um, and I did a lot of like one trip like that one trip like this one trip like that one trip like, and I did it to get first of all to get content and to get credibility and get my foot in the door as a travel blogger because nobody was doing what I was doing and I don't think anybody is I haven't found anybody And then this year, I kind of came to the realization that I'm at a place where I'm like, I can, this is my business. I can really do whatever I want. And I want to take it to the next level. Like, I don't want to just take 10 or 15 filters to a location. I want to take like 150. I want to take like 200. And I want to be there for three weeks, but I want to like really create social impact. And what I mean by social impact is I don't want to drop off. I never drop off these filters. Like, I teach them how to build it how to put it together which is super simple and then there's like a backstory to it like you have to clean it there has to be hygiene um usually a lot of the places that I implement to their big communities so maybe there's like women most of them are women that are managing the community center so I teach them something about marketing or I teach them about hygiene or how they can teach their children about x y and z the fundamental issues with our world are two things education and like the very basic of education right like Stuff that we as Americans take for granted. Brushing your teeth, washing your hands, washing your face. Like just very simple, basic education and human connection. Mm-hmm. And so when I travel, I create that. And I I don't just drop off stuff and like leave it there because I don't believe throwing money at an issue helps the issue. I believe that you teach somebody how to create a home so that when you leave, they can create more homes. They can build more homes because you're not going to be there forever. But you can teach as many people to build homes, right? Um, so that's like the model that I want to implement moving forward. So 2019, a lot of the trips that I have planned are bigger. 
um, I'm planning a trip to Nepal, working with like a huge orphanage and bringing a bunch of brands and like doing huge, huge, big things. There's a project down the line for Africa and that's going to be huge or to require me be in Africa for a whole month, like bigger and better things. Because I, I believe we live in a generation where we have the power to influence and we're influencing the next generation and the following generation. It's not just a very small gap. It's a huge gap. And I have two nieces, and those are my babies. And I always think to myself, like, I want them to know, and the day that I have my babies, like, I want them to know the world is literally their oyster, and anything is truly possible. And their aunt or their mother had the responsibility and had the courage to, like, influence for good. I think it's great that we have beauty bloggers because we need those. And I love watching beauty bloggers. <laughs> I can literally binge watch like YouTube videos for hours. <laughs> and like, I think that's all important and it's just as hard as any other job. I believe that we need to start talking about things that really matter, especially for people that hold such a high capacity. And I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about like celebrities, like people that have such a high influence. You know, eventually I'm going to get there one day. And I've already been talking about the good stuff. We need to start talking about the good stuff. We need to start talking about the stuff that people don't talk about because it's taboo. Talk about money. Talk about sex. Talk about what makes you uncomfortable as a woman. Um, talk about what makes you happy. Talk about depression. Talk about anxiety. Talk about grief. All those things because we're all human, you know? And I think more of those conversations need to start happening. And that's where I want to take my brand to the next level. You know, there is the other side of my brand that I do business and coaching and all that stuff. And I love that because that's like the core of who I am. But my dream is to really create bigger and better impact. I love traveling. I don't want to stop traveling. But I want to do bigger trips. Like it's not just like traveling for, you know, Asia for three months and hopping from country to country. Like that's great. And I miss that. And I love that. Can't wait to do that again. And I want to really like change lives. Like I, I want to take it to the next level. Big dreams. I know. I know. Lots of people to help. I know. But it sounds like a fantastic mission. And it's beautiful that there are people like you in the world that want to do things like that, that it's their calling, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think your role in educating people is very, very important. Because yeah. there are a lot of people here in America that don't know how to wash their hands, <laughs> too. <laughs> or how to sneeze properly, but yeah. still. Yeah. No, but it, in a very real way, I think that you need to educate not only the people in those other countries, right. but you need to educate the people here that they have the capacity to help you even if they're not there. Yes. I think a lot of people forget that. I mean, we get reminded by GoFundMe pages or like yeah. donate this for my birthday, whatever it is, but you don't have that uh, very real connection to it. Yeah. So if you're showing people videos about things that are going on in other countries and you're showing people like, listen, I brought water filters here because and you them. yeah, because you gave me the ability to do this yeah. and this is the, this is the change that you're affecting here. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And I think it's something that you should be really proud of. Thank you. I can't do it on my own. And I say that all the time. I would not get, I would have not gotten to where I am today if it wasn't for my community. A hundred percent. Even on days that like I, I'm not on social media at times that I like go off for like a few days cause I'm super stressed out. My community is still messaging me. They're like, are you okay? Like, are you alive? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. I just want to disconnect. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I super grateful for that because I wouldn't have gotten this far if it wasn't for them. And that's the whole truth. The brand, the social goal traveler wouldn't exist if I didn't have the followers that I have. Right. The same thing with your podcast. 
It's true. Yeah. I'm very grateful for them. And, you know, I wasn't on Instagram for like a month. Oh, my God. I had people actually calling my real phone. Like, not even just like Instagram. Like, is everything okay? <laughs> I haven't seen you on social media. I'm like, I was telling people that I just needed a break and I wanted to be present. And all of that was true. I did. But I was also super freaking depressed. And I just didn't want to be on there anymore. Yeah. But it's just funny because your network is constantly checking up on you like and reaching out. Problem. They are. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll come back to Instagram. <laughs> like, you're right. My pity party lasted a little too long. My, <laughs> my gift of the present, I'm like, not really. Your bathroom session lasted way too long. <laughs> yeah, my bathroom session did last <laughs> way too long. I like that bathroom rule. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, every, every moment that I've had that I've, like, cried my eyes out has been in the bathroom. Like, when somebody broke my heart or, like, I, you know – quit my job or whatever the case was like I literally was in a bathroom yeah I was never in a room I wasn't really ever in my car I was always in a bathroom like bald like a baby in a bathroom I think that's just where girls go yeah that's like our say so but I feel like men go too right it's like their throne well now that I have a home um I have a garage I'll go scream in there (laughs) so that my husband doesn't know that I'm a crazy person in the house (laughs) I'm just crazy in the garage garage, no one's there (laughs) that's where I do it and then I come in and I'm like nothing happened it's all good I'm fine (laughs) but yeah so I just love the way that social media is really changing our culture Mm -hmm. and really just giving us a wider wingspan almost of just the people that we can touch and affect and the things that we can learn and do and I really appreciate you taking your time to be here with me today and thank you for having me this is awesome I had such a great time and like meeting you finally I feel like we have known each other for a thousand years and we haven't (laughs) we haven't but we're Cuban so we might be related on some level Your aunt or my aunt, like, no, they went to high school together in La Habana or something. <laughs> but it, that could be true. Yep. But I'm super grateful to have you, have had you here. And just thank you so much for telling me everything about you. And so where can people follow you on social media? Do you have an email that you want to give people? Like, how can people reach you? They can reach out to me on social media. I answer everything that comes through social media. Uh, the Social Girl Traveler, across everything on my website is thesocialgirltraveler.com. Uh, but yeah, feel free to, to follow and ask as many questions as you like. I'll always love hearing from my followers. Yes, and Jenna's tons of fun. So definitely give her a follow. Check into what she's doing and the people she's helping. She's an amazing person to learn a lot from. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. As always, please hit subscribe so you can get the latest episodes. And I appreciate all my listeners. Thank you for allowing me to serve you. See you next time. Hope that you fall in love and it hurts so bad. Say